The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. If you're going through any of life's transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup Book Series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. We are all about transitions here. And I want to share a transition with you that I'm personally going through this morning. It's a decision, starts with a decision, and that was to sell a home that I have. Now, you know, these decisions all are come about because we want to be leaner, we want to be cleaner, we want to simplify our lives. And so clearing out our clutter Sometimes clutter that keeps us busy doesn't really keep us happy. So that's what I'm doing. I'm clearing clutter and I'm creating space for joy and freedom, more freedom in my life. Now, moving is what I'm doing. Moving no matter where you are, if you're doing it as a single, if you're doing it as a couple, it's dressing. Believe me. So I am in the middle of all sorts of stress right now. There are all sorts of decisions, just so I can refresh your mind about the moving process. It starts with choosing the first off, deciding you're going to do it, choosing the realtor, making the sale, orchestrating the move, dispersing things left behind and things that you will take, choosing the methods of moving, managing the finances, and oh yes, don't forget, you have to find the second garage door opener for the new owners. You have to find the papers about the house appliances. You have to install and cancel utilities and services. All of this brings up a lot of our stuff And our stuff that we're going to be talking about is some of those doubts and fears that we put ourselves into when we go through transitions. Our guest today is a real favorite person of mine. His name is Sean Smith, and he is the father of two beautiful children and a lovely wife of 14 years, all I've had the pleasure of meeting. Those come first in his life, and then his career as a speaker, coach, and seminar leader. Sean is a, is a slow-recovering perfectionist. I love this, Sean. I know you're listening. And a world-class procrastinator. 
I love that. You're so honest. I love it. But he is a magnificent coach. And I speak to that because of my experience in working with Sean for over three years. So as a certified master results coach and founder of coachesupdate.com, he helps people build new lives and businesses, coaches, so that they can go out and tell their message. Welcome, 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 Sean. I'm so excited you're on the show today. Thank you, Joyce. I'm super excited to be here. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours as well. <laughs> well, we've got some, you know, this move has just brought up all sorts of old patterns for me that I just thought, well, they're behind me. I don't have to think about them. <laughs> but where do they come Surprise. from, Sean? Why do they keep showing up? <laughs> tell me, tell well, me. Yeah, I think, I mean, the the theme of your show is all about transition and change. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's quite often said that's the only constant in life is change. So anytime that our circumstances change, all of our patterns are going to get kicked up. You know, it's like the, the, the dull dust is going to get um, scattered every time that we move. And sometimes those moves are great, you know, when we're, making more money or losing weight, even positive moves, they're still going to kick up the old pattern. So you've got a great opportunity there to get some <laughs> awareness and have some fun and do some more learning and go, oh, I guess I still need to work on this a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the fun to come. You know, I'm in the box stage, you know, still working on that part of this move. So it's right. uh, every day's a new stressing day. <laughs> but why do we have these beliefs? I mean, why can't, where do they come from, actually? Where do they start? Yeah. Did we come this way? <laughs> no, you know, I, I believe that, excuse me, I believe that we're all born a, a blank slate. You know, I think, I don't think that we're created with any inherent beliefs other than we basically should have whatever we want, you know? Right. I like to take a look at two-year-olds and three-year-olds as the way that, like, in our in our purest form, that's the way that we should live our life. And take a look at those little people. You know, they want whatever they want, and they want it now. And if they don't get it, then, you know, you're going to have a tantrum on your hands. And sometimes yeah. it's right in the middle of aisle three, and they don't care because <laughs> they want whatever it is they want. So I believe that we are created with, a, you know, a high self-esteem, self-confidence. It's not in our human nature to doubt ourselves or to yeah. think that, you know, anybody's better than us or any of that. All of those mm. kinds of beliefs and stories are, are created. You know, they're yes. created throughout the, just the course of our life. And so these beliefs that are generally actually created real early in childhood. Most of the time, um, our belief system is fully formed by the time we're about six years old, which is a scary thought. Because yeah. that means that most adults, if we don't really understand what's driving the car, so to speak, then mm -hmm. most of us are running around and even as adults, even though we have adult wisdom, we're still operating on the belief system that was created when we were a toddler. Right. And, you brought you know, up these, these, you brought up one thought though that I had, Sean. Really, mm -hmm. if we could just kind of sit here and think about we come into the world thinking we can have anything we want. 
And then it's our environment that says, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. And mm-hmm. each time we're getting smaller in our beliefs and our dreams and our, it's, that's pretty awesome, really, to think about yeah, that. Yeah, it, it really is. And I've, one of the themes that's been showing up in my speaking and coaching lately is, basically just what you alluded to, that we all have these dreams as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. And in my seminars, for instance, I like to take people back to their little girl and little boy dreams. Mm-hmm. And what it usually does is it causes people, you know, a lot of times it causes them to cry because these yeah. are dreams that have been forgotten or dreams mm-hmm. that they along the way decided weren't important. Or, you know, like you said, the lady tells us that you should do this, you should do that, or what have you. But the bottom line is I think most of us have forgotten those dreams that are worth fighting for. And so we stop fighting. You know, we stop fighting for the things that we really want. And a lot of times we convince ourselves that those dreams are no longer important or the things that, that we really value in life are no longer important for all kinds of reasons. I mean, we could spend the entire show brainstorming, you know, all the 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 beliefs and the the stories that we have in our lives and so forth. Right. That is a problem. You know, it's a problem that Mm -hmm. we have these dreams, and at some point in time, we move away from them. And I think for most people, there becomes a point in life when they go, how did I get here? Mm. You know? I mean, I'm so far off the path that I had designed for myself that I can't even see it anymore. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we start to become really reactive and we just focus on getting through the day. You know, I mean, I think most people in life, uh, and I hate to sound really cynical, but a lot of people in life, at least, maybe not most, are just living from, you know, Friday afternoon to Sunday night. And, and they yeah. don't like what they do. And it's just been a series of decisions. You said it in the very beginning, you know, everything is a decision. It's a series of decisions that over the course of time, become our circumstances and those decisions are you know definitely a function of of our beliefs and we can get more into that into some of the specifics of that if you want um Mm. but everything starts with our beliefs yeah well it was it's also kind of interesting that by six we also have chosen the type of people we'll hang out with, the type of people we might marry and how we'll interact with them. It's so many decisions that are made in those first six years. It's just almost, I, and we're usually parented by parents that have not had the benefit of all of this work that you and I have gone through. So it it is really interesting that now we're recapping and we're relearning the programming, if you will, of our thoughts and reclaiming who we are. Yeah, when I went through this work, one of the things that I got really passionate about is what you said, parenting. You know, it it changed everything from a parenting perspective for me. And I'm writing a book right now called How to Raise Empowered Kids to bring awareness to parents because we don't have a manual when we bring these little things into the world. We Uh generally just parent according to the way we were parented. Absolutely. Either we've decided that, you know, we're not ever going to do anything like our parents and (laughs) or we end up being just like our parents. But either way, we usually don't have the awareness and the consciousness of how the things that we say, the things that we don't say, the little actions 
create these beliefs. And when Sybil and I, my wife, really learned that, I mean, it changed everything about mm-hmm. the way that we parent. So that awareness is, is so critical. Right. Well, and you brought you know, up marriage. We've got to get into this. Uh, let, let's definitely talk about that because I know, you know, that's part of your mission, mission is to talk about transition and, uh, and divorce and stuff like that. And, you know, let's talk about how these beliefs are really the cause of all of this in the first place. I'd love to get into that. Yeah, we're going to go shortly to a break. And so I really want to come back and talk about this for sure. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose, or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are having a great show today with Sean Smith, who is a coach of a trainer of coaches. I'll, Sean, you're going to have to share all of your your uh, titles now because you keep adding titles. <laughs> We're going to be talking now. We are talking about fears and beliefs that start very early in our lives. Coming into this world is pure. Anything goes little people and then as we develop we sort of take on our environment and our environment 
teaches us to that we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And it takes away our freedom of knowing we ha- we are able to do anything we want. So, Sean, let's talk about some of those decisions that women, men do this too, but our show is about women, how we make our decisions about life. Yeah, and I think it would help to go back sort of to the very beginning. And, again, you, you alluded to it. I, I think, well, first of all, we, just as humans, this is across the board with anything, it's very difficult to control anything we don't understand. And so what's happening is a lot of people know that they shouldn't beat themselves up, let's say, or they know that they shouldn't get angry. You know, a lot of us know what we're not supposed to do. Yes. But we can't control it because we don't know why it's happening. You know, and because most of our patterns were before the age of six, it feels like we've never been a different way. You know, most of us don't remember anything consciously before the age of five or six. So it feels like, you know, we're just angry or we're just shy or we're just whatever the thing is that we wish were different. We just tend to to think that that's just the way we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure there are several things out there that can be chalked up to genetics and just inheriting certain genes and, and, um, you know, the chemical imbalances and things like that. But I just don't ever want to think there's nothing we can do about something because that puts us in a victim mode. Yes, so I think does. we can always change almost anything or at least make it better. But the only yes. way we can change in this case is if we understand how it was all created. So let me give you my, you know, my, my version of how beliefs are created. I'll do it as fast as I can. When we're born, as we talked about earlier, we basically are a blank slate. And in the beginning of our lives, between the ages of zero and six, we're in this period that's called blind belief, which means we don't have any frame of reference to compare our circumstances to. So we don't know, you know, if somebody grows up in a home where the parents are abusive, we don't know that that's not the way it's supposed to be. Because we've never lived another life with different parents to compare it to. Right. So whatever happens to us, we just figure, oh, well, that's the way life is, you know? That's the norm. We take it. Yeah. That's the norm. We take it without challenging it. Right. And our brain has three main functions that come together to form our beliefs. Number one, our brain, our, our unconscious mind's highest priority is emotional protection. Keep us emotionally safe. Number two, our brain loves to figure things out. We're a meaning-making machine. We want to know why things happen all the time. And then number three, we're all at an unconscious level stubborn to the point that we want to be right. You know, our unconscious mind really wants to be right. So when something happens to us early in life, whether it's parents getting a divorce or, you know, this happens a lot where our Parents will have another child and they'll bring a child in the home. And so the, the two yeah. or three or four-year-old tries to decide, well, why, why do they need another one? You know, right. am I not yeah. good enough? And so yeah. whenever something traumatic or dramatic happens to us, we have to know why that happened. So we create some story around it. Oh, well, that must mean this. And quite often, 
when there's pain involved or embarrassment, we just don't feel good, we'll create a story called I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or I'm not something, whatever that something is. And in the early phases, it's just like a theory. You know, we start thinking, huh, maybe this is the truth. Maybe I'm not this, whatever that is. But then because our unconscious mind wants to be right, we start looking into our environments and our circumstances for evidence that this is the case. So our unconscious mind will actually go on like a scavenger hunt for evidence that we're not good enough, for evidence that we're not lovable, for evidence that, you know, our fathers don't like us or that our mothers like somebody else better or whatever. And that story now becomes unconscious. And it's, it's like we send off this little messenger, you know, and, and we don't even need to be consciously aware of it anymore, but this little messenger is going to go out into the world and find all of this evidence to prove this negative story true. And yeah. we send off these little messengers, you know, tons of them throughout the course of our early lives. And when we have a story plus evidence, we have the truth. You know, that's what I think the truth is. The truth is nothing more than a story plus evidence. So if we have a story right. called I'm not good enough and we've collected a bunch of evidence about it, then we have something that feels like the truth to us. And that's when our beliefs then become very strong in our minds. We don't challenge them anymore because we don't know that, you know, that, that, that they can be challenged. Right. And then they determine everything in our life. And I, you know, I, I hate to make this sound like this, you know, doom and gloom kind of story. Like we're all just walking around with these negative beliefs and, and we're zombies, but we've got to understand that this is how it happens so that we can become empowered and we can do something differently. So hopefully right. that at least makes sense of how these beliefs are created in the first place. And then we can kind of go on and, and uh, talk about, you know, how do they affect us in early childhood and early adulthood and eventually, you know, our marriages and so forth. But was any yeah. of that unclear, but, Joyce, or is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, but Tim, explain this to me. If we get the story, but we may get the story from... Um, incidents that happen in the family, or we may get it from outside our home environment. If we have a supportive family, like somebody who has a family that's always building them up, saying they're great, everything you do is great, and then there are those families that say, see, I told you that wasn't going to work. So Mm -hmm. doesn't that play a part in our uh, uh, providing the evidence? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I think so. Most of the time, well, the the reason I'm so passionate about beliefs is I I had my own real big breakthrough years ago at a seminar, and I didn't understand what limiting beliefs were until I had this breakthrough. And over the last 78 years, I've been coaching primarily women, and I've just learned about these beliefs. And what I've found is that almost all of our beliefs, almost all of our limiting beliefs, well, all beliefs in general, but almost Mm -hmm. all of our limiting beliefs specifically involve our parents. And sometimes they come from the mouths of our parents, like you said, well, I told you it wasn't going to work. And, you know, and then usually Mm -hmm. our parents just trying to keep us protected and safe. That's true. You know, not go for our dreams so that we don't get hurt. 
But right. even if it's not coming from the mouths of our parents, it's still on some level perpetuated by the parents because they don't have the awareness, they don't know how to stop it or what have you. So, for instance, you know, when I started learning about all these things, my daughter came home one day from school and she said, I can't draw. And she was like six years old. And my <laughs> wife and I jumped on her, you know, not jumped on her, but we jumped on that belief and we attacked right. it. Like, yes. who lied to you? Who just said that to you? Because we knew that was a, the beginning of a belief. Yes. And she says, I can't draw. So mm-hmm. when parents don't have that awareness, they don't really know when to jump in. They don't know, like, the red flags to look for. And so it gets unchallenged. And even if parents are really supportive, though, as you said earlier, we've so many instances in our lives, in our environments, in our schools, you know, best friends breaking up in middle school and, and, and teachers having a bad day. And so they, they let the class laugh at a little kid when they go up to the, the chalkboard or whatever. I just saw it yesterday. I just went into uh, the campus that my daughter's going to middle school. And yesterday there was a group of us parents. We were in a classroom for two minutes. And during those two minutes, the girl at the chalkboard got laughed at by everybody because she couldn't make this little thing move. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, my goodness, this is it. Like, this is where it all begins. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is how they start. So, this is how they start. There's so many opportunities. Most of the time it comes from inside the home with parents, but not always. Even if somebody has a really supportive set of parents, there's still tons of opportunities yes. to get the idea that they're not good mm-hmm. enough and, and so forth. So it's not always like your parents have to be negative or bad or absent on any level to get these limiting beliefs. I mean, I've only met like two people that have escaped childhood without limiting beliefs, and I've talked to thousands about them. Yeah. They come at us from all directions almost. And we kind of, it's almost with who we believe, but if, you know, we're getting from all different sources, then we make a decision who is more important to us, I believe. And, and that all depends on how involved our parents are with us compared to how our friends and our environment is involved with us. So I think there are decisions made so early about who do we believe? <laughs> yeah, so. and, and when we're young, we don't have that, the, the, uh, the frame of reference to consciously choose who we believe as it relates to how is this going to serve us in our life going forward. But looking back, especially at you know, the phase that we're all now as, as adults, yeah. we can absolutely do that. And we can go into our past and decide what we should have paid more attention to, which is great. And that's the first step. You know, we've gone kind of backwards so far to talk about how these beliefs are created. And now, you know, let's talk about what we can do about them and how they, how they mix into our marriages and our relationships and all that stuff going forward. When we we come back, Sean, I'm going to cut you off here just a minute so we can come back and talk about this because this is really good stuff. We love this. So uh, we'll be back with Sean, and we'll continue back talking about development of the early child and how that plays a part in our lives. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. 
Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. You are listening to Sean Smith and Joyce talk about transitions. And we're talking about some of those early, early beliefs that we develop that shape our entire lives. So, Sean, where were you when we went to break? Pick up with that awesome conversation. Yeah, I think, you know, when you understand how these beliefs were created and what it does is it causes you to be able to distance yourself from your belief. And that's huge because when when we are something, we can't control that something. So for instance, if we have this label that says, I'm just shy, you can't really do anything about that. But when you distinguish between who you truly are as a person and who you are at your core, you know, who's that authentic mm-hmm. self versus yeah. what are the shells that you've put on that you've picked up going through life, what are the, the stories that you have, what are some of the decisions that you made, then it's almost like I'm getting an image right now, Joyce, of just taking off, you know, jackets, taking off layers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that these are layers that can be taken off in the first place before we even attempt to take them off. And so I think most people just, just believe that they are their circumstances. You know, they are their beliefs. They are their head thoughts. 
And you know, in my uh, sharing this in my development, I have been surprised at when I had one belief about myself that by conquering that belief, it many times affects other beliefs. Have you seen this in your work as well? Yeah, a, a ton. And because all of our limiting beliefs are lies, every single one mm -hmm. of them. And mm -hmm. just like when, you know, I'm sure you never told a lie, Joyce, but when I was no. young, I used to tell lies every once in a while. So this <laughs> might, I, have in my head, I might have to educate you about telling lies. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when we tell a lie, we usually have to tell another lie to support the first lie. Yes. And, mm -hmm. you know, or we get our friends involved. You know, if my mom asks you this, don't say that. And that's the way that all of these other stories work, too. So if we have a belief that's a lie that says I'm not good enough, there are other lies that have to be created in order to support that. And yes. we have beliefs around three main things, ourselves, others, and the world. So when we have a mm -hmm. belief about ourselves saying I'm not good enough, that might work its way into our relationships where we don't allow, you know, the right person to come into our life because we believe that we, are, we don't deserve a happy relationship yes. or we think that yes. certain relationships involve fighting and stuff like that. So then we might come up with a belief called, like this happens with women a lot, you know, all men are liars or all men hurt you. In reality, that's a support belief to support the first one called I'm not good enough. And then that might become generalized right. into this belief about how the world works. You know, happiness mm -hmm. it isn't, isn't possible or fairy tales don't exist or what have you. So you're absolutely right that all these beliefs become intertwined with each other and they kind of need each other. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is <laughs> sometimes you can knock out a belief and have a bunch of these other ones fall down with it. It's like, chopping down a tree and all the branches come down too. Other right. times you kind of get into the, in, into the branches and you start looking at these beliefs and you just notice all of these other ones that come up as well and mm -hmm. it can become overwhelming for people. So that can be a, a good thing and a bad thing, but just understanding they're all intertwined is I think it's a, it's a great, you know, thing to understand. Because now we can go back and we can change. I mean, that's the point of this whole conversation is how can we know, you know, how can we take the awareness of all these beliefs and how can we go back and rewrite mm -hmm. our story? And we can't rewrite right. our path, but we can, at any point in time, we can rewrite our beliefs and take them into the future. Right. Yeah, I've, I stress we spend so much of the time on that in my coaching business, rewriting the script, you know, mm -hmm. that they can get rid of their false beliefs. So it's very, very important part of coaching and working with somebody. Um, yeah, and I, I think let's make sure that we, we jump into this because I know this is kind of the theme of your program. Yes. Where, where beliefs become the most dangerous is, is when they are close to our heart, you know, things that we think about ourselves that then get overgeneralized into the way the world works or the way love works or whatever, and that creates the magnet for all of our relationships, and especially our romantic relationships, right? Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. we cannot attract somebody else into our lives that 
conflicts with our beliefs about ourselves and about the way the world works and so forth. Let me give you a quick example. I was doing some of this work with a, uh, a client one time, and she had horrific relationships her entire life. And we realized that when she was really young, um, mm-hmm. her parents were in a fight one day, and she asked them, why are they fighting? And, Daddy, why are you yelling at Mommy? And so forth. And her parents said, well, that's what people do when they love each other. And her parents were just trying to tell, you know, everything's okay. There's nothing to be concerned about. We, we love each other. They were trying to excuse their fighting, but this woman grew up believing that when you are in love, you fight. And oh. so this is a belief that she held close to her heart. And what we realized throughout the course of her life, she had two or three relationships that were really good, but she created the well because she believed at a totally subconscious level, it's not like she decided, I'm going to create a fight today. But mm-hmm. she believed that if you love each other, then you fight. And she pushed these uh, these relationships away from her because a sub-belief of that is, is that, you know, a perfect relationship, not that anything is quote-unquote perfect, but a, a great mm-hmm. relationship, a calm, peaceful, joyful relationship can't exist. Yeah. Because yeah. it has to include, you know, fighting. So whatever it is that we believe about ourselves will determine the relationships we get into. And I know you and I share a common source of a lot of our learning, right. Jack Canfield. Yes. And one of the things that I, yeah. that I love about Jack is, you know, he teaches that you cannot love your, you can't accept love to a higher degree than you love yourself. And you can't mm-hmm. accept respect from somebody else to a higher degree than you accept your, than you respect yourself. So pretty much mm-hmm. all of our relationship challenges mm-hmm. are a function of our limiting beliefs about ourselves, and that's right. who we attract into our life. That's what we tolerate in our life. Right. In so my situation, I've found something. many times that, Sean, instead of arguing, I just don't say anything. And uh, that works just – that doesn't work either. <laughs> you know? Right. So, Yeah. I go yeah, the other way. You think way. you're avoiding the conflict, but really yeah. all you're doing is you're creating more conflict with your authentic self. You know, you might yes. not be creating conflict with the external person, yeah. but now it's a worse conflict when it's with yourself and those dreams don't get, you know, don't, don't get fought for and don't get realized and so forth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think any relationship challenges that somebody's having, somebody's going through, is an opportunity to look inside and say, what am I attracting? What am I tolerating? What am I searching for? What am I needing to get validated? And I'm not saying that people should, you know, blame themselves. This is just a neutral journey of questioning. It's like you're just exploring what's going on here. I don't want people to go, oh, well, this is my fault because of this, and this is my fault because of that, and I'm definitely not trying to take blame away from anybody, you know, like, for instance, a lot of people get into abusive relationships. Now, we can all day long, we can focus on the abuser and how bad their behavior is, or we can also at the same time look at what did I not pay attention to or what am I needing in my life that's attracting that kind of person? Because usually people that that, that go from one relationship to the next, there's usually a common denominator somewhere in there. Yeah, And that common yeah. denominator, whether it's abusiveness or whether 
emotional neglect or what have you, that common denominator is generally a function of a belief internally that, that you have about yourself. Yeah. And so this, this isn't about blame and shame and, and, and throwing faults around. It's about exploring what's the magnet that I need to look at in my life to create better joy, create better relationships and so forth, and not tolerate this ease, you know, not tolerate misery on any level. I, I just think a lot of people have gotten to the point where they're tolerating their marriage or they're tolerating right. their the communication that's happening in their marriage or they're just tolerating whatever life is, quote-unquote, throwing at them. And well, in reality, it, life, think... life isn't throwing anything at us. Life is a menu, and we're picking stuff up. Right. I think it's so, so important for women to realize that they are responsible for the relationship that they're in. You know, anytime you go through a divorce, it's the tendency to say the point out the other one's faults, the other one's uh-huh. faults. He didn't do this. She didn't do this. No matter male or female, it, it works. They all say the same thing. But it's very important that we realize and accept that we participated in our own dysfunction, dysfunction of marriage, relationship, whatever it was. It's very important. Yeah, and, and participation is a great word to use. It's not about looking for who's to blame. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't like the word responsibility, responsibility because it feels like fault. Yeah. But participation is huge because here's the key, that if, if you will not accept responsibility for your past, then you cannot have any control in the future. Yes. So if you cannot so look back and say, I could have done something differently, then you can't look forward and say, I will do something differently. And yeah. so people in, in their desire to, um, to duck the responsibility so that they don't feel like they were to blame, they're actually victimizing themselves going forward because the message is, well, there's nothing I can do. It's yeah. all up to this other person. It's all their fault. It's all, you know, up to them. And yeah. And that just places us in a victim place. This is meaty, meaty stuff, Sean. This is really good. Isn't this good stuff? yeah, yeah. I'm so glad we're sharing this with all all of our friends out there that are listening because it's so important. Now come back. We have one more segment. Sean is going to continue to share his wonderful information with us. And we will be looking forward to seeing you here. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. 
Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vasley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. You are listening to Joyce and Sean Smith talking about fears and how they are created and how they play such part in our lives. So I hope if you have not been with us this entire hour that you will go back and listen to this recording because, ladies, this is good stuff you're listening to today. So, Sean, tell us more about the relationships, how we choose, who we choose to be with. Absolutely. This is something I've been fascinated by because over the last seven and a half years, um, my, my work has taken me into the Mary Kay world. So I've been mostly coaching women in their business. But what I found is that every issue in their business is a function of what we're talking about here. It's a function of their, their belief system. And yes. And, and it, it gets into every aspect of our lives, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. So one of the big issues that I see all the time that I've learned really just over the course of my coaching women is how often, almost all the time, to be honest, how often women's limiting beliefs, and especially the ones that manifest in their relationships, come down to their relationship with their dad. Yeah. And I would have never thought that, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. that I've noticed that. And Mm -hmm. so in relationships, I think a lot of women get this on some level, but I think most people don't really get it at the detailed level that would be um, necessary to change it. Meaning Mm -hmm. if, if, if a little girl doesn't, and it really, what it really comes down to Joyce is pride. It comes down to, whether Pride? their dad is proud of them. It's, ah. even, it's even more important than love. So if a, if a father says to his little daughter, I love you, that's mm-hmm. nice, but really, you know, you're supposed to love me because you're my dad. Yeah. But there's a little piece, and this goes for all kids, but specifically with daughters and dads, there's a little piece in the little daughter that says, 
I want to know if you're proud of me. And I'm actually writing a book right now, Joyce, called Daddy, Are You Proud of Me? And oh, it's I love about it. the father-daughter relationship. So what happens is, oh. and, this, and, and, and this is tough because we as men, we're not programmed to be emotional at all, first of all, and right. definitely not to express our emotions even within our own family. So the thing right. that little girls need the most are the, are, are the things that we as men are programmed away from. So that's why hmm. so many women at some point in time question whether their dad was proud of them and there wasn't that emotional, you know, connection. Yeah. And so right. then what happens is a little girl who has a question about her value then manifests that usually in her relationships. And that's the classic example of the little girl marrying somebody exactly like her dad because she's seeking what she didn't get from her dad. Or yes. the opposite is quite often true, where the woman will marry somebody who's everything, everything that her dad wasn't, trying mm-hmm. to move away from, you know, what she didn't get. Mm-hmm. And, of course, again, this is not conscious, but at an unconscious level, it's that little, you know, it, it's the mind searching for answers. Right. And once you realize, you know, what you're ultimately searching for in life, what is your belief saying about yourself and what you deserve and what you don't deserve, mm-hmm. that's the magnet that will attract all of your relationships. And when you, so you can do one of two things. You can continue trying to change your relationship and trying to make your relationships be something different than what you're asking for at an unconscious level, that's kind of like taking two magnets that are the exact same charge and trying yeah. to force them together. <clears throat> yeah. it, it won't work. They repel each other. Or right. you, can, you can say, all right, what's the magnet that I'm putting out? What are the holes on my heart that need to be filled? And the reality is whatever we're seeking from other people, we're actually seeking from ourselves. So as much as I'm saying... You know, most, most women want their dad's pride. What most women ultimately need is their own pride. It's, oh, it's okay. the self-acceptance that once right. you truly 100% accept yourself for who you are and what you want in life, then you will be able to change the magnet that will attract somebody into your life that will match that belief as well. It's when we believe we have yeah. these holes that somebody yeah. else needs to fill. We have these inadequacies that somebody else needs to bring to the table. That's right. when we get into trouble. You know, Joyce, I don't think you know this, but I'm, I'm speaking in Greece in about a week. And it's a, it's oh, a relationship. Awesome. Yeah. And, and the whole gist of it, I'll give you the 30-second version, is when we are seeking other people to complete us, Right? I mean, we've got that whole line from Jerry Maguire 15, 20 years ago, you complete me. And our whole society is like, (laughs) yeah, that's what I need. I need somebody to complete me. No, what we need to know is that we are complete and whole by ourselves. We don't need somebody to complete us. So I think the key in all relationships is that we find that completeness within, the wholeness within, and then we have somebody else who can complement us but not complete us. And that's an yeah. internal journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm thinking as you're saying that, that with, about the mirror exercise that Jack really emphasizes that we start with to start that journey of loving ourselves, of telling ourselves that we are quality and we are worth loving. And um, that plays a big part in helping us heal that inner side. You know, I can see on the in my own personal relation relationships my father and my husband exteriorly outside their outside appearance was totally 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 different but their inside how they related to me was so similar it's yeah. it's quite interesting when you look at those things in your own personalities how did this play in who i chose to be a partner with yeah and it's really big and like you said it's a matter of choice you chose and, uh-huh. and there's no bad choices, you know. No. I think we make these choices all for certain reasons, and sometimes those reasons are to get us closer to ourselves yeah. or to mm-hmm. create the, you know, the pain in our life that we need to change. And sometimes that's the purpose of a certain relationship, and maybe that relationship lasts a day or a week or ten years, you mm-hmm. know, but it's... It's embracing this whole journey that we are on a journey of evolution. You know, we're here to grow and evolve as people. And I think what's really critical for everybody to understand is that this isn't a quick fix. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about beliefs and patterns Mm -hmm. that have been operating for decades. And a lot of times people want the the one weekend answer to a five-decade problem. Yeah, it's just not going to happen because we have habits right. and patterns, and we have familiar, you know, things that we've been doing for our lives unconsciously for years and years and years. So I think the most important thing we can do is have this openness and this willingness that this is a journey, and that you yes. can just pre-decide that you're going to enjoy this journey, no matter what it has in store for you. And you don't need to know what that is. You can just pre-decide to be happy. No matter what yeah. life throws at you, no matter what kind of transitions you experience, you can pre-decide that you're going to find joy in everything. Mm. I like that, Sean. It is a decision that we have. And I think too many, we've, too many times we allow it, ourselves to become victims and forget that it's really about our choices. Where do we I think one be? of the biggest issues, you're right, one of the biggest issues is that too often we pretend that we don't have the control that we have. We oh. pretend mm. that other people are in charge of our lives. Yes. We pretend, and I'm not saying that you know, other people aren't um, a factor they affect in our, our lives. lives. Of course, they're a factor. Yeah. You know, our circumstances are factors, but... We ultimately control the way we look at everything. Yes. And when we're pretending we don't, then we're becoming a victim. And, and being in a victim state is one of the most painful, the most helpless, the most hopeless feelings that we can have as humans. Because being a victim is the exact opposite of being free. And I think yes. each and every one of us, at a core level, seek and desperately desire freedom. But we don't oh, realize do. that we yeah. are actually the ones that are putting us in the victim boat more often than anybody else. Is. Right. Yeah. Well, this journey, as you know, many times requires outside help from a yeah. client, from a 
you know, a coach, which you and I both are, or even uh, maybe eventually sometimes even from a therapist. So whatever your path is, I do hope that people will realize that it is a, a, a journey that many times needs help with a guide. So tell us about you, Sean. You told us about the Greek <laughs> trip, but we had just two minutes to get to know Sean Smith a little bit better. Um, what do you have going? I love the books. This is great. What yeah, great you know, I've been, I'm really passionate about these books because when we get a better handle on creating better beliefs in our children, the world changes. And I Absolutely. think everything that, that kids do, especially, is a function of a belief. So that's what right. my biggest passion project is. It's those two books that I mentioned, How to Raise Empowered Kids and Daddy, Are You Proud of Me? Um, you know, I my whole so work in- is about belief. Yeah. I love the pride thing. I'd never, I'd never thought about that, Sean. That's really, yeah, that's, really valuable information. That's it. And most women don't know that that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, You know, like yeah. that's where the story started. And if you don't have that kind of clarity, then, you know, then it can be challenging. But briefly on me, I mean, my whole world is about belief. And I think yeah. whether we're talking about um, your relationships or parenting or leadership or building a business or coaching, it all comes down to belief. So I've got, you know, several fingers coming yeah. off of that belief palm, if you will. Right. And, well, Sean, you know, we if anybody's are about to- yeah, we are about to leave the air because you're, this has been so fascinating, so full of good information. I can't I thank so you enough for being here. This is awesome. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love so that, but I had a blast. Oh, thank you, Sean. This has been super. I know there's somebody out there that has gotten great value out of this conversation today. So as you fly off to Greece next year, next week, our month, I hope you know how you're going to change lives. Thanks. It's been excellent. Thanks for what you do. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest.